The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And welcome to another edition of Winning Ponies. Hope to be bringing you a slew of winners. As you know, things are are percolating right now in the uh, sport of kings. Of course, you know it's spring when Keeneland opens their doors, and they are open right now. I'm going to bring in Rich Nielsen. Of course, he's been on the show many times. If you've been to a tournament anywhere, particularly Las Vegas last week, you got to see Rich. Uh, he's one of the top qualifiers all time for the National Handicapping Challenge Uh Excellent handicapper, and he also operates the website, a gameofskill.com. And they've got a new publication out if you're uh, going to be playing Keeneland in the next two weeks because you've only got a couple when Keeneland starts. Uh, he'll be able to steer you that way. It's an interesting book on the trainer angles there. Also, you may have known the name Peter Thomas. He's the contest editor for the Daily Racing Forum and a best-selling author. He's written three racing books, Six Secrets of Successful Betters, uh, May the Horse Be With You. He didn't write it, but he wrote that with Harvey Pack. And The Winning Contest Player, that's his new book. And so we'll be talking to Peter Fornatale later in the show and kind of concentrating on contest and his approach to contest. He has a new series out in the daily racing form, free and easy to get. Well, let's start the show with a get well soon. As the daily racing form, Stephen Christ uh, was sent to the hospital in critical, but he's now in stable condition following cardiac arrest. Of course, uh, uh, Stephen has been on the show with me several times. He's only 57 years old. He went to the Wood Memorial and uh, came back and uh, had the episode on Sunday. As you know, Stephen Christ, one of the most cerebral uh, writers and handicappers, well-respected in the sport. Um, He was part of a group that uh, purchased the daily racing form back in 1998. Um, he's known as the king of the pick six. He co-founded uh, actually a competitor of the Daily Racing Forum in the early 90s, the Racing Times, and he was vice president of the New York Racing Association. So, hey, best wishes go out to Daily Racing Forum's Stephen Christ. And again, we'll have uh, one of his uh, staff members on with us in the first segment of the show. Well, uh individual we did lose in racing was Richard Dickie Small, you may remember him as the trainer of Broad Brush and Concern. Uh, he had been uh, suffering from uh, cancer. Uh, what a guy, what a life he led. He was a former Green Beret in Vietnam. He grew up around horses and, and hunt country. Uh, he a, uh, he was, uh, came up under the late Sid Waters, who was his nephew, 
And his brother, Doug, who's a retired steeplechase jockey, uh, is the, the lone survivor of, of the fa- family. He, he trained for many, many years on the Maryland circuit. You may remember that he trained for uh, Robert Meyerhoff uh, and those two horses. The big ones that he had were for Meyerhoff, Broadbrush, and Concern. Of course, Broadbrush won 12 stakes with 27 career starts, earned over $2.6 million. And Concern, he won a nice little race. How about the 1994 Breeders' Cup Classic? That was at Churchill Downs, and I was there. Uh, Broadbrush, uh, that wasn't uh, the only big race he was in. He won the Arkansas Derby, ran third in the Preakness, and just missed by a neck to the legendary Holy Bull in the Traverse Stakes, and he ended up winning over $3.1 million. So Dickie Small uh, with us. No more, but he was quite an individual and uh, also known for bringing up uh, several good riders, uh, several women riders. Andrea Seafelt Knight, her last name is now, but the one he's best known for these days is Rosie Napravnik, came up under his tutelage. Well, uh, tip of the hat to Shug McGahee. He scored his 1,800th career win with the Hurstland Purse in Lexington, which is his hometown. All right, let's take a look at the NTRA top thoroughbred poll. We'll give you the top five in here. With the males, this includes older horses, a game on dude over Palace Malice, will take charge, Wise Dan and Leah. A lot of those horses have had a chance to race each other last year, and I hope to see it again this year. As far as the three-year-olds, well, it's that flashy California chrome on top of Constitution, Opportunity, Wicked Strong, and Tapature. Uh, one horse we're going to get a chance to look at uh, this year. As predicted uh, at this week, I should say, um, as predicted last week, uh, Toast of New York will not travel to uh, Churchill Downs, uh, even though he won the United Arab Emirates Derby. Uh, the trainer just feels that the races are too close. He's never raced on uh, dirt. He'd have to fly over here. And uh, so he's going to be pointed to the Epsom Derby. And uh, he does say, though, that later in the year, with proper scheduling, he could bring him uh, to New York. Um, he's talking about the, the Secretariat Stakes uh, up at Arlington Park. So hopefully we'll get a chance to see uh, this three-year-old in action and see if he's as good as everybody in, in Europe uh, uh, thinks that he is. Uh, well, uh looks like Wise Dan is scheduled to go in the Maker's Mark on Friday. Uh, he's now seven years old. Uh, he, he'll be heavily favored, but there's also a good chance that rains are going to come kind of strong in the Lexington area. And uh, as you recall, prepping for the Breeders' Cup, he had to come off the Keeneland turf and race on the main track, but, man, that was quite a downpour. First time I ever saw Poly Track actually splash. Of course, this meet will be the last time we'll get to see Poly Track, period, at Keeneland. We announced last week that it'll no longer be there. So Johnny V is going to be in town, and he's going to team up with him. So uh, if you're uh, in town, in the Lexington area, you get a chance to uh, see two-time horse of the year wise Dan run on Friday. In the sales arena, a half-brother to tap it brought a million dollars that topped the Keeneland April sale. Of course, the people that had connections to him, Stan Tappet. Uh, this colt was by Malibu Moon, uh, brought a million dollars today, purchased by Gainsway. Of course, they stand Tappet, uh, Greg Goodman's Mount Brilliant Farm, and Robert LaPenta. And uh, believe it or not, that's the first time since 2009 that um, this sale has reached 
a topper of a million dollars. Um, the Colts going to uh, uh, go to uh, the uh, <clears throat> barn of Chad Brown, who also got the second highest price offering, a $770,000 Medaglia de Oro Colt. Uh, so that horse, too, connected to La Penta. So uh, that's what's going on in, in the sales arena. And speaking of half-brothers, a half-brother to Rachel Alexandra was foaled in Kentucky. This one, how hot is Malibu Moon right now? Uh, so right now, uh, he has sired the half-brother to Rachel Alexandra at uh, D.D. McGee's Heaven's Trees Farm near Lexington, Kentucky. Um, the, the people that bred it also bred Rachel Alexandra, but as you recall, they only owned her through her first 10 starts, uh, including her score in the Kentucky Oaks until she was purchased privately by Stone Street Stables. Well, we had a lot of big race action on tap for you last week. Of course, uh, we had a chance to handicap with my friend Bob Railbird Roberts. And uh, let's start off with the race that Bob gave us our money's worth, and that was the Twin Spires Wood Memorial Grade 1 Million Dollar Race at Aqueduct. He gave us an upsetter in here. Everybody was looking at the rematch between Samurat and Uncle Sai and the mystery horse, Social Inclusion. Now, Social Inclusion drew the outside 11 post and, and had to be sent, uh, did lead for a good part of the race, uh, but then all of a sudden, uh, rallying from back was Wicked Strong, who came around. Wicked Strong, Bob Davis paid $20.40 to win. Of course, we gave uh, Bob a fictional $100 bill, and he did put Wicked Strong on top of Samurat and came home for a $2 bet, $100.50. So our handicapping guest got you your money's worth last week. Uh, it was Samurat in second, uh, taking a little bit more off the pace than he normally was uh, used to running, where he... Uh, came into this race undefeated in five starts. So he's five for five coming into this race, has now only run second one time. And uh, Wicked Strong, though, put in a, a wicked effort. So congrats to Bob Relbert Roberts. And his social inclusion did hang around for the third spot. But as I said a week ago, somebody offers me $6 million for a horse who's uh, only run two races, I give him a new halter and drive that horse to their house in person. Okay, and then we went out to uh, to Santa Anita, and out at uh, Santa Anita, we took a look first at the Santa Anita Oaks. Of course, uh, probably the, the top two in here are going to uh, uh, be going to Louisville, and uh, in here was the, the horse I felt the, was the one to be beat, and it was fashion plate. Uh, drifted in a little bit late, but uh, went wire-to-wire fashion with Gary Stevens in the saddle. Won by a length a quarter. Uh, did have the rail, had everything its own way. Rhea Antonio, though, uh, our, uh, uh, was the slight favorite in here. Uh, was the second best by three and, and three-quarter lengths. I talked to Ron Paolucci, who's been on the show with us, and Ron uh, didn't seem too concerned. He would have liked it, but, uh, you know, the horse uh, just switched uh, gears over to uh, Bob Baffert, and he did say that uh, Mike Smith came back and even 
gave him a call, and Paolucci says Mike Smith was very impressed. Uh, he just thought that the track was playing a little bit to speed that day, and that's what cost uh, Rio Antonio. But it uh, sounds like he's interested in potentially riding her back in the Oaks. We'll find out. In the third spot was Bejan. Uh, then we stuck around for a few more races out at Santa Anita, and this horse is turning some heads. He's a cowbred with a bit of a speed pedigree, but, man, he looked like he could go a mile and a quarter coming out of the Santa Anita Derby, and that is California Chrome, the chestnut with four white socks and a big white blaze. Uh, he was very fast in the San Felipe. People were thinking, well, who'd he really race against up until that race? But let me tell you, he has now won his last four races and looked very, very impressive. Pulled away to win by five as the four to five choice in there. A horse I thought was coming back a little bit too soon may have proved me wrong, and that's Opportunity. Boy, do I know more than Bob Baffert. Opportunity sent away at four to one, uh, rated and weighted, and ended up in the second spot. Over my pick, Candy Boy. I guess Candy Boy needed a race. I'm still high on this horse. The question is, will he be able to get another race into him. I got a feeling he's going to be one of those bubble babies. Um, he did chase the pace the whole way uh, after not racing since February 8th at Santa Anita where he won uh, the Robert B. Lewis stakes. So, Candy Boy, we'll find out just how sweet he is if he can get into the Derby field. And uh, the, the last race we looked at, this will affect the, uh, the Oaks, and uh, things were really heating up in more ways than one as a Room Service and Rosalind hit the wire together at Keeneland, both of them coming from way back. Room Service rallied from 12th, Rosalind rallied from 11th, um, favored uh, Testa Rossi, uh, came from off the pace a little bit, but just kind of hung in there and, and flattened out. So it uh, looks like uh, Room Service and Rosalind punched their tickets to the Kentucky Oaks, and in the third spot was Thank You, Mary Lou. All right, well, that's pretty much it for the first segment of the show. Looking forward to the second segment. We're going to learn a lot about Pete Flornatel, and we're going to learn a lot about handicapping contests. He's going to catch us up, and you're listening to Winning Ponies. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me right now, I've been wanting to get uh, Pete on for a while. It's Pete Fornatale. He's the contest editor of the Daily Racing Forum. I met him years ago when he was on a book tour with Frank Scantoni. Uh, Six Secrets of Successful Betters was the book at the time. Then he teamed up with Harvey Pack and wrote May the Horse Be With You. And now he's got a new book out called The Winning Contest Player uh, with the advent of uh, horse players kind of getting people's attention and really the whole contest seen growing uh, it, it's a good time to be a contest editor isn't it pete oh i absolutely love it it's so exciting to be associated with one of the true growth areas in horse racing and in addition to the book i also write a blog over at daily racing forum i'm up there twice a week now and that might be expanding in short order so if anybody wants to start following the contest scene if they have questions about the basics, I can be reached through there or also via my Twitter handle, at LoomsBoldly. Um, I love interacting with people and getting them as pumped up about the contest world as I am. Well, listen, uh, I can already sense the enthusiasm in your sport. Tell me about your, your first exposure to racing and uh, the reason that you've decided to make it your career. Absolutely. Well, it started off innocently enough, as these things often do. My buddy, who you mentioned before, Frank Scatoni, and I were both editors at, assistant editors actually, at Simon & Schuster, and we sort of followed along the Triple Crown season of 1996. And we noticed this horse making a furious late run in the Preakness called Editor's Note. And not knowing all that much at the time, we just thought, oh, he's closing late in the Preakness. He'll love the mile and a half of Belmont. And throw in the fact that he was called Editor's Note, and we worked with Simon <laughs> & Schuster. At that point in my handicapping career, hunch plays were as good as anything, right? So we went out there. We bet what seemed like um, a lot of money at the time on the horse. Of course, he actually ended up winning that day. And I can remember on our way out of the track saying to Frank, wow, we barely know what we're doing and we made all this money. Imagine how much we're going to make when we really figure it all out. <laughs> of course, ended up le- leading to about seven straight years in a row of, of losing while learning the game. Because, of course, it's such a humbling enterprise and it really takes so much to get good at it. And then the turning point was that book that we ended up working on together 
Six Secrets of Successful Betters, which was in many ways the prequel to the winning contest player. In that book, we went around and interviewed about 30 professional gamblers, and I often say it was like getting a Ph.D. in handicapping. And we just learned so much about what it takes mentally, what it takes in terms of the work that you're going to put in, different ways of finding edges, and slowly we began to turn it around, and both of us not only ended up uh, doing pretty well on the gambling side, but also ended up with jobs inside the industry. It's just, it's, it, it makes it, I mean, gambling is great, but, you know, one thing that's really, really hard is to try to have any kind of normal life betting on horses. Um, you know, try planning your, your budget for the year and figuring out, you know, what the winning months are going to be and what the losing months are going to be. You, you kind of can't do it. So like a lot of people, the idea of having some steady work within the industry as a as sort of a backbone that then allows us to, to have fun and bet horses and try to make money doing that as well ended up being the smarter play. Frank went on to be the editor of Horse Player Magazine for a while. I've worked on and off for Daily Racing Form. Uh, I used to work for Twinspires.com a little bit. I've done work for At The Races in the U.K., but these days I'm a Daily Racing Form guy all the way and really excited about helping them grow their contest business and covering the contest scene in general. Well, uh, one of the most... uh colorful characters in, in racing over the years uh, had to be Harvey Pack, and you, you had to be uh, kind of uh, feeling almost blessed to be able to spend the time with him to, to, to assist him in, in, in authoring Pack at the Track. Uh, can you share some glimpses into what's it like to be around Harvey Pack? Oh, absolutely. The guy was just amazing to work with. As a co-author, I do some of uh, various co-authoring in my uh, career as well. I've written a couple of books with a guy who's gained fame as a rock star actor and professional wrestler in Chris Jericho. Um, we've got a book actually coming out this fall that I'm excited about. Um, and Chris is a great guy too. But Harvey, let me tell you, Harvey really spoiled me because co-author in his case was basically turn on the tape recorder and listen to the man tell story after story and <laughs> laugh like crazy at them. The, the world, the, the Damon Runyon-esque world, he lived and can continue to create at a moment's notice it was just amazing. And for those of you out there who haven't read May the Horse Be With You, I, I recommend it. It's funny enough, it's, it's mostly stories of go. It's probably as many stories about going to the track as there are stories of being at the track and just the, the characters he met along the way. And uh, it's really, it's really something sort of a, sort of a, almost a Seinfeldian take on the racing world. And I'm very happy to call Harvey my friend, see him, you know, every month, every other month or so we get together for lunch. He actually wrote the foreword to the winning contest player. And he's just a great guy, as sharp as ever. And uh, I, this is unofficial or breaking news, if you, if you will. I'm hoping to maybe get him a little bit involved uh, doing a piece or two with me for the racing form at some point, just because the guy has more stories to tell, and, uh, and, and I'm happy to for whatever role I can have in, in getting his amazing comedic voice out there. Oh, that that's great, and really, you know what what uh, what what Harvey uh, says is uh, that that's kind of different about the races now. Is is that 
people, what brought him to it is people went to the track, and now we got too many people that don't go to the track. And um, in, in part of your, your series, uh, which I'm sure uh, your new book is based on, it's like, why do I love tournaments? And the, the, the highlights you give are the action, the challenge, the competition, the camaraderie, and of course, the money, the focus, and the variety. Um, is, are, is this similar to the way the chapters in your book go? It's actually, it's, it mines this new email series I'm doing for Daily Racing Form. You can find uh, a sign-up for it. You know what, I'll look up the URL while we're talking about it. I want to tell people the right URL, because I do think it's worth them signing up for, uh, for listening. Yeah, at no Check cost, out. right? But, but it, is, it is based on the book, but it's structured very differently. Uh, this I was really looking for. The, the book is organized, I think, so that a new player can read it and succeed. I was actually tickled to learn that the player, whose name unfortunately escapes me at the moment, but won this big head-to-head tournament that Derby Wars had put on that I guess they just had their finals last weekend. Um, in his winner's interview, he actually credited the book with helping him get uh, the contest knowledge he needed to succeed in that tournament, which was, which was definitely the idea. But I also wanted to write the book for more experienced handicappers, contest players, and racing fans. The email series, similarly, I'm looking to give something for people who don't know anything about this world a way in. And those topics that you just mentioned were some of the ones that I really wanted to highlight the most to, to see if we can get people up and running in this contest world. Well, again, you know, I, Esquire uh, Network's hard to get, but Horse Players has been kind of fun, uh, the the, uh, the episodes that I've seen. And, you know, it is kind of a, a social thing. Uh, I want to ask you, um, obviously, it, it's all about growth and racing and, and learning, and every day you learn something. Uh, how, how did you see your personal growth as you started in contest and how you approach them now? Absolutely. Well, it started off for me. I, I learned so much hanging out at Santa Anita with a group of players who included my friend, the late Jeff Sotman and Tom Quigley and Frank Scatoni again, playing in the wonderful low roller contest that they still have a version of on the weekends. And it was great because for not a lot of money, you could dip your toe into the water and get a real sense of of how exciting that competition was. And you just, I just learned a lot of lessons without having to invest a whole lot of money. And I had a ton of fun doing it because you were there live, hanging out with the people you were competing against. Friendships grew, new friendships were formed, and that was a great way for me to first learn about contests. Of course, the thing for me that put it over the top, similar to what I described before about how, um, about how Six Secrets of Successful Betters was like a graduate course in playing the horses. Writing the winning contest player for me just improved my skills immensely. Um, talking to 25 to 30 of the best contest players out there, many of whom are professional gamblers in their own right, I mean, how can you not help but learn something? And for me, I saw my results take a major uptick just talking to the likes of Duke Matisse, uh, talking to the likes of Mike Maloney and Maury Wolf and Dave Gutfreund and, and so many, many more, Paul Sherman, who are in this book and uh, are just so giving of their time and, and insights. And what I really want to do is 
tee that same experience that I got to have up for the reader by taking the best bits, the best quotes, the best insights into their strategy and putting them right on the page for the readers to learn from. And like I said, the early returns seem good. People have told me, hey, I just won this big contest. I give your book a lot of credit. And to me, that's the ultimate compliment. And I hope to hear a lot more of that over time. Okay, well, I'm sure that you've piqued the interest of our listening, listeners out there. Um, how do they get, uh, A, the winning contest player, and B, how do they get to sign up, which, by the way, is free through the Daily Racing Forum for your new series? Absolutely. I'll tell you both. There are copies of the book available in the DRF store. That's one great place to go. If you, uh, if you, go, to, if you go to store the store tab in the racing form website you can then see there's a special section where you can order books it's there's a tab that says drf press and then under latest releases i'd be the first book there the winning contest player if anybody has any trouble finding it can always contact me via twitter at looms boldly i'd be happy to facilitate things there's an e-book version available on amazon.com as well that that a lot of people might want to check out. Um, It looks pretty cool. As for the email series, if you go to www.drf.com slash tournament hyphen education, you can sign up for the email series. I'll give that URL one more time. It's www.drf.com forward slash tournament hyphen education. And it's a five-piece series. You receive a, a different email every day, and it'll give you some good talking points. And, you know, really, I want this, to, this book, this blog. I'm very excited about the idea of turning it into a conversation. So if you have any questions for me, anything that I didn't get right, anything that I could have said in a clearer way, or if you just want to talk further about any of the points I make on the blog, in the email series, or in the book, please don't hesitate to reach out. That's what's fun for me. It's an opportunity for me to learn from the readers as much as it is for the readers to learn from me. And you know that's what I like about the game. It's that sense of camaraderie that you mentioned before, the back and forth, the give and take. That's what makes racing great. It's harder for that to exist online, but with social media, there are ways we can try to recapture it. And, of course, there's still lots of opportunities to play in live contests, and I recommend that everybody do that as well. Well, Pete, all I can tell you is you're a great ambassador of, of the sport. Uh, you're, you're, you're a fantastic writer, and uh, I want to remind everybody the name of the book is The Winning Contest Player. And if you haven't gotten a copy, make sure you get a copy of May the Horse Be With You, Pack at the Track. I'm holding my hardcover version in my hand right now. Uh, uh, Pete, uh, for Natal, thank you so much for joining us on Winning Ponies. Oh, my pleasure. Anytime on any topic you need help, please don't hesitate to call me again. This was a lot of fun, and I really admire your work. Okay, well, watch out because I got your phone number now. We've been talking <laughs> with Pete Fornatel, and we're going to take a little bit of a break here on Winning Ponies, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to one of the best handicapping contest players, Rich Nielsen. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. 
And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, a man that is no stranger, not only to handicapping contests, of which uh, he becomes eligible for more than the average Joe, uh, but uh, a gentleman who's involved with a, uh, a, a website called agameofskill.com. He's also uh, been an author, co-author, and, and he's uh, right now he's uh, partnered up uh, and is helping to promote a book uh, by uh, author and handicapper Art pa- Parker called Keeneland Winning Trainer Patterns, and it's specific to this spring meet edition. As I said earlier in the show, Rich Nielsen, uh, you've got to get on the bus, Gus, fast with Keeneland because blink and it's over. Rich Nielsen, how you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me on, John. Well, I, I almost had you on last week, but then I realized, whoops, he's going to be out in Vegas. How'd things yeah. go with the handicapping contest out there? Well, I was I was in the hunt in the big tournament out there. I was actually out there with my dad, and and we were in the hunt. We just couldn't get over the uh, get over the hump. We had too many horses run second, and not enough win, and that was kind of the difference in the end. But uh, I actually was real fortunate on the way home because I played a a uh, online tournament on Sunday. I was basically when I was traveling home, and I was fortunate <laughs> to finish second. So I I ended up qualifying for the. NHC for next year, so I was pretty excited about that. Oh, well, remind me, because I usually, I, I do it in my promo, I tell them, how many times have you qualified for that? Uh, this will be my 12th time. Unbelievable. Congratulations. That, that is sensational. Um, yeah, well, listen, before we get on to handicapping, and just to give our listeners uh, an overview of what they're uh, going to be listening to coming up in these next two segments, um, Rich, of course, is is down in Kentucky, so he specializes in Keeneland. We're going to look at two races from Keeneland, the grade one Madison, and we're going to also start out with the bluegrass stakes, but then stay tuned because we're going to go to Hot Springs for a big weekend out there. We've got a great rematch in the Oaklawn Handicap, and it'll be very interesting to get Rich's read on the Arkansas Derby. So, um, 
Richard, uh, if, if you can, give us a, a, an overview of uh, uh, the, the Keeneland winning trainer patterns uh, that, I, that I saw promoted on your, on your website. Yeah, this is on my site, agameofskill.com, which is an educational uh, horse racing site. And um, we publish stuff throughout the, throughout the week, horses to watch, and just uh, different educational articles. We actually just started doing some stakes analysis um, that Matt Berner, who's the young star of the uh, TV show Horse Players that's on the Esquire Network, he started doing some stakes previews for me. And, and um Hey, he's hit some nice ones over the past uh, few weeks, including Opportunity. Um, so that's been an exciting addition. And and the one book you mentioned, John, uh, Keeneland Winning Trainer Patterns. That's uh, that's basically the only product we actually produce uh, via the site. And it's something we started a couple years ago. And this year we expanded the book to where it covers every trainer who's had a winner at Keeneland over the past eight race meets, which covers, of course, four years. And it just gives you all the raw details. Um, you understand how these guys win. Um, just to give a couple of quick examples, I mean, when you you can look at the data for any any trainer, and for example, Graham Motion, he's had 44 winners over this span. And one of the things that jumped out at me when I'm looking at at, at his uh, at the information about his winners is of those 44 winners, he only had four that came back within three weeks and ran and won at Keeneland. All of them were over a three-week time period, and most of them were layoffs. It was actually pretty pretty amazing. And, and you just see how trainers win. You see um, you know, guys like Tom Proctor, uh, the fact that he uses long workouts you know, leading up to his winners. And, and uh, you know, just another quick tidbit was on Bill Mott, a guy you wouldn't expect to be using class drops, but the majority of his winners at Keeneland were with class drops. So um, it's just different information like that. You get a lot of nuggets on, you know, the low-profile trainers that win and what odds they win at and who they use and so forth. And it's just a wealth of information. And, you know, for nine ninety five, it's uh, it's a, it's a great deal because uh, it's uh, for less than the cost of a three horse exacta box, you can pick up some really really good information. <laughs> Absolutely, and one winner in that book's more than paid for. And quite frankly, even though it is specific to the 2014 spring meet, that information you gave is something that that can go, I'm sure, over to the fall meet because it's not like exactly. you used used. A very small sample, so uh, I, would, I would highly recommend it. Well, uh, I've been kind of chomping at the bit because I know a race you've gotten your teeth into um, is is the uh, the Toyota Bluegrass. Uh, interesting enough, this will be the last year apparently we will see it on Poly Track, um, and there's uh, some interesting angles in here. Um, I haven't some horses that seem like they pop to the uh, top, you may find a chink in their honor. Uh, you've got uh, two horses in here that uh, I think have a lot of upside uh, to them, and Gala Award and Bobby's Kitten, but this will be their first experience on Polytrack. And then you have horses uh, that have already raced a mile and an eighth and very closely together. The two, three, four, five finishers of the spiral stakes are all in here. And, again, they've had the experience at a mile and an eighth. So uh, what do you make out of this jigsaw puzzle, Rich? Well, yeah, exactly. Of, of, of the four races we're, we're going to cover, this is by far the hardest. I mean, this is a very difficult race. 
You know, there's a lot of speed in the race, John. Um, I do like Harry's Holiday a little bit. Um, he broke my heart last time in the spiral because I had him, and he ran just an incredible race. And um, him losing that photo right at the end uh, to Wee Miss Artie, uh, it cost me quite a bit. So it was real, real, real to one, I bet it did. It it really did, and the thing. But the thing I'm concerned about is that how much that race might have taken out of him because he had a grueling stretch drive, holding off coastline, and then and then we miss Hardy, uh, you know, just failing at the end. So I'm I'm concerned if that may take something out of him. <clears throat> but a ten to one, I would I would certainly use him again. Um, well, another horse that did impress me uh, was Coastline, who uh, yeah. rated rather well in that race, and again was a part of that. You probably, if you put a ruler down, you could have the top three horses: We Miss Artie, Harry's Holiday, and, and Coastline. And uh, Stuart Elliott is back in town, and uh, he may have hooked himself up to a Derby horse again. Yeah, this horse has done nothing wrong, and I think um, if he had a better post, he would definitely be my top pick. I think he could move forward off that race. He's already won at Keeneland, and Mark Cassie's red hot at the meet. So, you know, how much more can you ask for? Um, But, you know, he did draw outside, and those outside posts, um, you know, are, are a disadvantage in this race. Absolutely. Now, let me get your read on the two horses I alluded to that have had strictly grass careers and are now going to try the poly at a, at a mile and an eighth. They both come out of solid barns. Todd Pletcher trains Gala Award and Chad Brown, Bobby's Kitten. <clears throat> well, there's no way I can play Gala Award because he's going to be over bet and he's he's just drawn a horrendous post in the 14 hole. So, uh, and he's a tactical, you know, really, actually he's more of a speed horse. So he's going to get hung wide or he's going to be forced to come from well back much further than he's used to so i really don't like him at you know at probably a four to one price and i don't like bobby's kitten because he's a one-dimensional front runner uh, and there's quite a bit of speed in this race and he's also going to be over bet and i think he's he's very vulnerable so i actually i don't like it i i'll be playing against both of those horses so uh is your play once again uh harry's holiday do you think um, I'm, I'm going to be using, I will be using him and Coastline and, and Metal Count, but, you know, my, my pick for the upset, which I think uh, this horse could be a really nice big price, is the three-horse Pablo Del Monte for Wesley Ward. Um, this is a horse that's two for two at Keeneland. He's questionable at the distance, but yes. by Giants Causeway, you would, you would hope that he could go the mile and an eighth, and he's also a great you know, uh, Polytrack Sire, you got Victor Espinoza aboard, and I think the important thing is I think this horse can rate off the pace, he's going to save ground, and uh, he's going to be a big price, so um, I scored a couple years ago with a Wesley Ward horse in one of these stakes races uh, at Keeneland, so I'm looking to, looking to go back, uh, uh, you know, and tap that well once again. All right, well, like I said, and like you said, I should say, it's a jigsaw puzzle, and it's probably the most wide-open race you may play this weekend, uh, particularly on Saturday. Also at Keeneland, though, there's a, a seven-furlong race, the Madison. It's, it's a grade one, and uh, that's kind of a unique uh, distance. But Keeneland's a unique track, and horses that love it, love it. And Judy the Beauties coming in off her first effort of the season out at Santa Anita, where she went 21-3, and 44-1, 
and kicked away to win by four and three-quarters lengths. Johnny V will be in the saddle for the gentleman you just named, Wesley Ward. Is Judy the Beauty the one to beat in there? I think she definitely is. I mean, she's a really, really nice horse. She loves the track. She can go the distance. You know, there's no reason that she shouldn't run well. She's she's clearly the horse to beat, John. The, um, basically, I have two long shots that I'm going to try to hook her up with, and that's the two horses that drew the outside, uh, the eight, Cozy Up Lady, and the nine, Eden Prairie. I think they've both shown that they, you know, like seven furlongs on the on the synthetic track. Um, they have good good uh, horsemen in their corner, and Brett Calhoun and Neil Pesson and good riders. And um, I think they, you know, they they both can close from off the pace. And it wouldn't surprise me if um, either one of them was in the exact at a nice, nice, nice price. So that's how, that's how I'm playing the Madison. Yeah, I mean, uh, cozy up lady, uh, you know, she's no stranger to Rosie Napravnik, and uh, I, I really think that that last race that got was supposed to go on the turf and ended up on the sloppy track at fairgrounds, I don't think it was in their game plan to be dead last after a half mile, but still got up by a nose, so really kind of showed a, 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 a new dimension in that race. Yeah, I mean, this is a horse that's won 6 out of 12 lifetime. Um, I mean, she's a very talented daughter of uh, Cozine. I mean, this is a, this is a nice horse. I, you know, I don't think we're going to get 20 to 1 morning line, but she's still going to be a nice price. Absolutely, she will. Well, uh, we're talking with Rich Nielsen from a game of skill.com. We just handicapped the races at Keeneland. Now I'm going to drive him out to Hot Springs. First, we're going to take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, we're going to do the Arkansas Derby and the Oaklawn Handicap. You're listening to Winning Ponies. school to the pros we, we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And with me, Rich Nielsen from AGameOfSkill.com, one of the best contest players in North America. And right now we're going to drive on out to Hot Springs, where this is the week where you're going to see the Arkansas Derby, uh, a race with big derby points. Some of these horses may already have a berth in there, uh, one that has to win this race uh, to get to the first Saturday of May in Louisville is is Bayern, who's kind of a mystery horse. He's two for two, a Baffert trainee, Gary Stevens in the saddle. And, of course, we're going to see a rematch. It was uh, a fight to the finish in the Rebel Stakes. Uh, Opportunity, who who, uh, took the opportunity to race out in the Santa Anita Derby and put in a bang-up race, won't be there. But two other horses that exchange punches, Tapature and Ride-On Curlin. They've got experience over the strip, and they both fought like war in the Rebel Stakes. This makes for an interesting matchup. you got the hometown heroes against the Baffert Shipper. How do you see this one setting up, Rich Nielsen? Well, there's a lot of speed in this race. Um, I think the connections of Tapature, you know, have, wait, have made a, you know, a wise move making a major rider switch to Rosario, um, who actually gets off... Um, See who's the horse on the outside. A strong mandate, um, and gets on the uh, you know the possible favorite or co-favorite. So I think you know Tapature has shown that he can rate, and yet he has excellent tactical speed. Um, I think you know Rosario will put him wherever he needs to be, and you know there's there's going to be an honest pace, and I think that potentially hurts uh, Bayern or however you pronounce his name, and um, you know it's. You know, it's hard not to like a Baffert horse coming from <laughs> Southern California to Oakland because it seems like Baffert hits about 80% with these horses. Um, but with the pace scenario, I do like Tapture to bounce back with a good effort. And given the pace scenario, I think Conquest Titan, who raced against a um, strong speed bias on Tampa Bay Derby Day, I was actually out there at Tampa, um, and he ran a uh, sneaky good fourth that day. I could see him getting up under Calvin Burrell and, and getting a piece of this purse, um, and he, he should be a nice price uh, in this race. And, and for our listeners that don't have the past performances in, in front of them, uh, in, in the Rebel Stakes, it really was it was strong mandate and ride on Curlin, uh, who were who were dueling up front uh, in that race. Uh, strong mandate. Uh, he looks like a big kind of long stride, uh, son of Tis now, and he got pinched early in the fight and got kind of got taken back and taken out of it. So um, you know he's trained by Dwayne Lucas. Hard to throw him out. Maybe he's this year's will take charge and he'll develop uh, a little bit later. But yeah, those those two look like uh, they may keep uh, Bayern uh, company up front. And it is interesting to see how you approach this race. Uh, you know, from how the race is going to set up. And I certainly can't uh, disagree with you because I think Tapature of the horses we've talked about uh, does show the ability to, to rate, but. Very interesting jockey change, I must say. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's just a lot of horses that want to be forwardly placed in here, like the Donnie Von Hemmel, Knock'em Flat, who actually is an interesting long shot because he's in very sharp form. 
um, if his win wasn't on a sloppy track, I would give him a bigger bigger chance in here because you just don't know if he can translate that form. But he's another horse, you know, that his last two races he was on the front end and on the brisk pace figures were pretty solid. You know, he's going to be another horse pressing, you know, pressing the way and ride on curling, of course, as you mentioned. So, I mean, it's going to be a, you know, it's going to be an honest pace and Bayern's going to have to be a very nice horse to, uh, um, to overcome that or show some rating ability that he hasn't really shown yet. Well, do you recall what the exact setback was that didn't get him in the gate for the Santa Anita Derby? Um, no, I do not, John. I know I read about it, but, you know, I don't remember what I had for breakfast. So, okay, somehow, because <laughs> I, I do think that that was originally what, what, their, what their goal was. But, quite frankly, the way California Chrome kicked away, they might be better off racing against this bunch on Saturday. I can tell you that. Well, also yeah, out at Oak Lawn Park, uh, we're going to have a, a very interesting race, 600000 on the line, the grade two, the Oak Lawn Handicap. And uh, this is going to be a... Uh, a renew of a fighting match that took place last year between Will Take Charge and I was surprised to see the name Moreno show up as you know these two did battle last year uh, particularly through the Traverse Stakes where uh, Trainer Eric uh, Gouliet uh, made accusations against D. Wayne and Luis Saez that uh, uh, there was some chicanery involved. Well, they got to prove that there wasn't when they came right back and beat him up in the Pennsylvania Derby. Uh, two and a half lengths isn't to get a beat up. Uh, but he really didn't put anything in in the Breeders' Cup Classic out at Santa Anita where Will Take Charge was only a nose behind a mucho macho man. Um, do you think Eric Gouliet knows something we don't? Because uh, he, he's never shown up at Oakland Park before that I I know of you know he's not a very good shipping trainer um you know you look at the ultimate pps he's eight percent and and really even worse than that he's only 22 percent in the money um he he's just not um he's not a real dangerous uh barn uh, you know that strikes fear in the people and, and also with the layoff as well it's the same type of statistics so i just don't think moreno even though he's a really really nice horse and i'd love to own him um, he, uh, you know, I just don't think he's going to bring his, uh, his A game to this. I mean, I may be proven wrong, but, um, he's going to be over bed. He's not going to be, you know, he's probably not going to be nine to two. Um, and I just don't, I, I'm, I, I would definitely play against Moreno. I have to agree. I would. I do believe that this race goes through will take charge. Uh, if there's a horse, I think, that's got some upside to it, that would have to be Golden Lad out of the Pletcher Barn. I know he's been running mostly optional claimers, but looks like he took a liking to the Oakland Strip and the Razorback. Yeah, absolutely, John. He, see, he, he appeals to me much more than Moreno because he's, he's in form. He's been running. He's, like you said, he's got a race over the track. He's you know, he's in very sharp form. He's getting six pounds from from the favorite. Um, and I really think it's a two-horse race between these two. Um, I think Golden Lad's going to, you know, obviously have to jump on, on Will Take Charge. And, uh, you know, he's going to have to try to hold him off. Um, you know, so I, I think there's a good chance of that being the exacta. And, the, you know, really the only other horse that I give, a, you know, a, a good shot to, of you know, potentially running well is Prayer for prayer for relief for Dale yeah. Romans, who, uh, you know, is a pretty honest horse, and, and uh, you know, his best race puts him right in the mix. Absolutely. You know, he, he's, he's always right there, and uh, I recall back in his uh, 
three-year-old season. I believe he was touted as one of the one of the favorites in the Derby. So he's he's always been highly regarded. Uh, he's already won over a million and a half. So uh, yeah, you, you, hard to knock a prayer for relief. But we'll take charge coming into this race off seven races where he's recorded buyer speed figures in the triple digits and coming into this off four straight grade one races. Uh, I definitely think that uh, will take charge is the horse to beat in the Oaklawn handicap. Yep. I totally agree, John. I think he's, you know, it would be very surprising if he wasn't uh, first or second in this race, most likely first. All right, Rich. Well, listen, we got about a minute left, so let's give you your, your, your propers here and let everybody know again um, where they can get in touch with you and uh, where they can uh, get a copy of Keeneland Winning Trainer Patterns. Yeah, I invite all the listeners to go to agameofskill.com, which is my website that I update um, several times throughout the week with educational articles and horses to watch less. Um, it's just got a lot of different, uh, you know, a lot of nice different resources. Like there's a, a, a weather page where you can see all the tracks in the country, you know, what the weather is today in the next few days. That's a, a great page to bookmark. Um, and I've got a monthly, uh, a free monthly newsletter that, that readers can sign up with um, just by putting their email in the box on the homepage. And, um, and then, of course, check out the uh, Keeneland Winning Trainer Patterns book, which uh, you can download to any type of device, any type of mobile device or your home computer. Absolutely, we will. Well, my producer's telling me I've got to go. Rich Nielsen, thank you so much. I want to thank uh, Pete Fornatale for joining us. And uh, another great addition, some big races this week. Don't forget to pull down your easy win forms from winningponies.com. I'm John Englehart. May your winners be big ones. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.